Dad used to lock me in the basement when I was bad. The only thing I had to keep me company was a stack of VHS tapes. Friday the 13th and Halloween. The entire sagas. You all became my family. So I wrote and I wrote. But you never wrote. Actress Tiffany Helm was found stabbed to death late last night. Some reports are even saying her head was completely severed. Is it true that you were in Friday the 13th? There was a piece of my hair cut out in the middle of the night. That means this fanboy, he's not just watching me, he's, he's coming into my home. Welcome back to another edition of Horror 365. I am your host, the host that covers the most, Jimmy J, alongside with the South Jersey slasher himself. And joining us today, a man that wears many hats. He's an actor, a director, a stand-up comedian, former Golden Gloves boxer, and co-writer of the upcoming film, 13 Fanboy. Please welcome Joel Rising. Joe, how are you, buddy? Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Brian. I feel like I need a nickname too, though, man. Oh, man. Jabbing Joe. Yeah, we got to get something. (laughs) We'll we'll work on it. Jumping Joe, right? Jumping Joe. We'll let the the fans put a few out there. We'll see how it goes. We got to go Amazon Prime, Joe, because he's delivering with this Mm -hmm. movie next week. I like it. All right. Uh, Joe, I got to ask you, before we dive into 13 Fanboy, though, I want to ask you, I ask everyone, what was your introduction into the horror genre? Like, were you always a horror fan? Uh, no, I'll be honest with you. Not, not at all. So I, uh, I met Deborah. I teach a class called um, Be Your Own Hollywood on the business of show business. And I met Deborah down in New Mexico when I was teaching. So she and I chatted for a little bit after class. And I just, you know, I thought, man, if you're going to all these conventions all the time, you got 4,000 guys roughly going to one of these conventions over a weekend and odds are 3,999 of them are really good but you got all these guys that are heading to a convention they're all horror fans they're all living like right on that edge and whatnot i'll bet you there's one serial killer at every single one of these you just don't know (laughs) there's gotta be yeah so that scared the hell out of deborah a little bit so we thought man if it scares her then it will uh scare a lot of people so here we are as far as uh, myself personally with uh, with horror movies, now I'm trying to think. You know, when I was a when I was a kid, I do remember somehow a babysitter allowed me to watch the first um, 
wasn't Friday the 13th, but the first, uh, first, which movie? Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. And I remember that scared the heck out of me because, you know, you got to go to bed. And that's when it all, you know, when it all happened. So I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe on the sequel, we'll, uh, we'll do something and tap into that idea. Sweet dreams with uh, Joel Rizek. Let's switch gears. So you kind of answered my next question. It was how the 13 fanboy come to fruition. So was it that comment that stirred uh, Deb's uh, brain a little bit and was like it was uh it was that comment and then you know the same thing deborah came up to me and she told me oh i used to be an actress and she's very humble she didn't make any sort of big deal out of it but you know teaching this class all over the place a lot of people tell me they used to be an actress and it's generally they were in a, a high school play or some short film that you never heard of or something so i kind of googled her and i was like oh no she she was in a real movie you know, of a very major franchise. And same thing, her and I were, you know, chatting more and more. And I said, you know, I bet you there's a whole lot of women that still are very popular with the fans, but let's be honest, the studio's not calling anymore to come and lead movies that we could gather up and put together in one movie. <laughs> and you know, eventually both she and I started thinking together, what if the, the idea of the movie is that we can get all these people that were in the original Friday the 13th movies to play themselves, and now they're being stalked by a killer. And, you know, it's crazy. Uh, honestly, it's so simple, uh, but it's just, it's genius. That's what I think, honestly, in my opinion. I mean, you know, working with Debbie, how was that? Because we spoke to her oh, earlier she's on great. here. No, she's, yeah, she's great. She's so nice, so easygoing. The, uh, you know, sometimes you'll see somebody and their their online or their on-screen persona doesn't match who they really are. But with uh, with Debit does, she's just a, a very nice woman. Oh yeah, she was a sweetheart when we had her on the show. Great, yeah, very humble. Was. Yeah, she was uh, definitely someone I haven't met at a convention yet. But you know, it was uh, it was a great conversation we had with her, and uh, she's just so easy to talk to. The conversation yes. flowed very well. So let's talk about the writing process. Uh, how long did it take you guys to uh, put together the final script? It took us a long time, and I'll tell you why, Brian. So Deb and I came up with the concept pretty easily. We came up with the outline fairly easily, and we both worked on that quite a bit together. Uh, Deb went ahead and did a, a first draft and then both of us worked on all the subsequent drafts. But what took us so long is because we were using people's real names and real personalities that every single time that we added a new actor, their role had to fit them. As opposed to just casting somebody to play the role, we had to then go and change the movie every time that we put a new actor in to make sure that the role they're playing is the role that makes sense for their fictionalized version of themselves. So it, it took a while. Okay. You know, it's crazy. You know, you had a lineup here. You had Kane Hodder, uh, CJ yeah. Graham, Corey Feldman, D. Wallace, Laura Park Lincoln, Ron Sloan. Ronnie's great. I mean, the list goes on, though, Joe. Um, yeah. Was it? was it hard to gather the Friday 13th alumni together for this one? And was there anyone that you had in mind that you guys wanted to be part of this, but couldn't be part of it? So, yeah, I, I would say the, 
you know, it's just like anything else. We picked up momentum. So when I started talking to people, it was, you know, and I, I don't want to name oh, this person was first or this person was holding out or whatever. But when we started talking to people, it was, hey, I'm going to get all the original Friday the 13th people or, you know, a lot of them or something like that. And somebody would say to me, that sounds great. When the rest of them sign on, give me a call and then I'll jump on also. And you start, you start kind of going around everybody and, you know, you gotta, you gotta start somewhere and get the ball rolling. So like with anything else, it's the, the momentum of it was hard to get going, but once it got going, then it was, uh, then it was uh, a lot easier. You know, one person that we really knew that we wanted, or I'll give you two people that we knew that we wanted, one that we got and one that we did not, okay. um, Kane. You know, Kane is such a huge figure in this world, and we definitely wanted him in the movie. And, you know, I, I had a few contacts and a few ins with him, people that knew him. But really, the way that we got him is that we we did a full rewrite to make a character of Kane that would appeal to the actual actor of Kane Hodder, because so many people... Um, you know, they, they know Kane, obviously, from Friday or from Hatchet, but he's always the man behind the mask, the stunt man, the killer. Yeah. We wanted to give him some real emotion and dialogue and character as an actor. And that's what, when he, you know, read the script, what appealed to him right away is that he could, he could actually act in this movie mm -hmm. and play somebody who's not wearing the mask. And then uh, another one, one that we did not end up, uh, did not end up getting, and this happens. Adrian King simply said that the movie is too real and too scary. Yeah, you know what? Actually, uh, thinking about it now, that's what Debbie was talking to us about. I think, she, yeah, it was Adrian King. She said, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it, hit, it hits people, hits home. Yeah, yeah. Some. I mean, most, and you know, most of the women that have been in these movies too. You know, we we all know that they were. They were cast not just because they're decent actresses, but they're not bad looking. And most of them have had stalkers. And that can be really scary, obviously. Yeah, I know what it's like, Joel. I know, man. They're at yeah, the but, door every day. <laughs> no, let me stop. But yeah, at the time that these films came out, there was no like stalking laws. We lost a, you know, a handful of actresses in the early 80s due to stalkers. You know? uh -huh. and, the stories are very sad if the law you know was like how it is now just think how their lives would have been and what they could have created so 13 fanboy is about a crazed fan who is mirroring jason Voorhees and can't separate fact from fiction uh and he goes after the the actors and actresses um obviously this uh hit home for you know, some of the cast members, Adrian King, who uh, unfortunately declined. Um, we just went through this. Uh, and you know what, Jimmy, you just took my question oh. as I'm reading this. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're not even realizing it. Oh, geez. Well, yeah, that, you you know, that's OK. You know, and the way that things ultimately ended up is we ended up uh, getting D. Wallace into the lead which, role. So uh, was which, she always? Um, yeah. Glad you brought D. Wallace up, and we can put this and edit that and put it in here to Jimmy. Um, no so you have D. Wallace, who yes. is not in the franchise. So was she someone that you 
salt after like you immediately wanted her or it was no. like so i mean you know obviously everyone if you're doing a horror movie and it's a throwback to the 70s and 80s and you're looking at the great actresses of the time everybody wants d wallace but yeah. originally we were sticking just with friday the 13th alumni and when it became a possibility that we might be able to get D, we did a small rewrite and we had him growing up on both the Friday the 13th and Halloween franchises. Okay. And, you know, D is just such a good actress. She's, you know, now that I know her as a person as well, I worked with her for, I don't know if it was two or three weeks or whatever, but she's, she's a good person as well. She was really nice to all of our cast and crew, great with the little kids that were playing her uh, her grandkids. Really, really good actress. I think I already said that, and obviously just an icon of the genre. Oh, for sure. I had the pleasure of meeting her uh, about five years ago. It was actually, no, like a year before we got married, so more than that. So it was 2013. I met her at a horror convention, and uh, she's the kind of actress, like Adrian King. She takes the time to talk to all the fans, and uh, she made you f- feel really comfortable. And I remember I said, D, so in Cujo, what methods <laughs> did the director use to get you to be so scared of the dog? And she's like, Brian, I'm an actress. You know? So she can just like <laughs> snap a finger. Uh-huh. And she can... <laughs> but yeah, she was a, a pleasure to uh, meet. And Ron Sloan had nothing but great things to say about her when we talked to him uh, many months ago. He's really cool too. Oh yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah I he's love another Ronnie. guy like you can just like have a beer with, Absolutely. you know, and just like hang out. He's just so cool. I'm still yeah. waiting for my house in Hawaii. Though. I got to call Ron. Soon. What's <laughs> going on over here? <laughs> uh, but we want the juice, Joe. We want to know: Is there any stories from behind the scenes that you could share with the fans? I boy, I wish that you would have prepped me for that uh, question, Jimmy, because I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure if I've got any answers that are queued up in my mind here right away, but uh, we certainly had a good time. This one, I, I don't know how juicy this is, but it's got it's got nothing to do with horror whatsoever. A goofy little joke that went around set all the time is somebody somebody paid five or ten bucks at the dollar store for you know a pack of a few hundred of those tiny little sticky googly eyes. <laughs> you know you're not going to see it on film, but all the time those things were showing up at places that you don't uh, you don't expect them. So there's all sorts of spots where the actors might be picking up a prop like a machete or whatever. And the side that you're seeing to the camera is just glistening and with blood and their side's got a little googly eyes looking at <laughs> I bet you that was Kane Hodder because he's known for, you know, doing the jokes. Uh, him and CJ at conventions. Were there any other like uh, actors or actresses that were, you know, a, like a jokester or a prankster? Well, you you definitely took my uh, you took my big two there. That were uh, yeah, both of our both of our Jasons were really fun to uh, fun to work with, and they are both uh, practical jokers. Right. Was there any scenes, Joel, that like really stuck out to you that you can share with us right now? You know, I've got one scene that I can tell you for sure is uh, is my favorite scene, and I'll tell you why it's my favorite scene as well. So there is a. There is a scene where Tracy Savage is locked in a little room and you've got to see just a snippet of it in the, uh, in the trailer. So I'm not ruining this for you. She's locked in a little room and she is during this scene going to be 
asked questions regarding the Friday the 13th series. And if she can get six out of 10 right, that's a passing score. That's a D mind that she can leave with her life. If not, she's going to get a drill to the head. And I'm not going to tell you which way that goes. But I will tell you that I made a really, really cheap horror movie 10 years ago called American Scream King. And I played one of the two leads. So did my buddy Jordan. We were, I mean, we did everything behind the scenes. You know how inexpensive uh, filmmaking goes. And that scene is almost a 100% recreation of the best oh, wow. from American Scream King. So 10 years ago, I did a horror movie and I feel like we did one scene really right. And I showed it to Deborah. I'm like, we got to steal from me and get this into a bigger budget movie. <laughs> is there, that's what uh, happened? That's what happened. So I'm not going to tell you whether or not Tracy knew her Friday the 13th knowledge or if she got the drill. But I think it would be really interesting for all of the hardcore fans of the series to ask themselves, could they have gotten it out of that room alive? Yeah, so when we're watching it, Jimmy, we got to answer the questions along with Tracy. That's right. All right who, who's going <laughs> to whack me? Because I'm probably going to get half an hour. I can't even remember what I had for dinner last night. <laughs> you you may know. Hopefully you don't know. Obviously, I know how, uh, how everything is with the Internet in 2021. But you said, who's going to whack me? I don't know. Who's behind that mask? So... What could fans expect to see on the 22nd with 13 Fanboy? I think that you're going to see a movie that is well acted. It's well shot. There are so many. And I'm, I'm not putting down anybody's movie that's inexpensive because I get it. We don't all have a whole lot of money. And I just told you myself that I made a movie 10 years ago that was a horror movie with almost no money. But this is not one of those Friday the 13th um, fan movies where a person with a really good heart tries really hard, but it just doesn't come off well on the screen. This is well shot. Deborah does a great job as director and our, our camera crew and our, all of our crew were professional. Obviously you've got the, uh, the actors that you guys are all looking forward to seeing, but we also used all practical effects. So nice. I can't tell you who's gonna live and who's gonna die, but I'll, I'll tell you this. There's a couple of people that die. Let me spoil the movie by telling you that. Couple people. There's a couple deaths in the movie. There spoiler are. alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert. There is a little bit of horror in the movie. And I think you're going to like that. And, you know, I just got done telling you when you, you jump online and you get your theories about who's doing what and why, it might be a little bit easy to figure out. But my guess is you only figured out layer number one. And if you stay offline before you go to this movie or get it on VOD on the 22nd and you don't read the spoilers, I promise you there's a level two that you will not have figured out beforehand. Hmm. Yeah, I am. I'm going to be away. We're actually Jimmy and I are going to be like vacationing together that weekend. So I know we probably won't have time to watch it on. We might have time to watch it on the 22nd, but we can't watch it without Horror Daddy 85. He'll be really upset because he's working at night at the haunt. So okay. we'll probably have to wait on that Sunday the 23rd. But I am staying away from spoilers as I do not want to be ruined. I don't want to be my experience to be ruined. And um, it's finally here. I mean, I know you guys and girls worked so hard on this film. And unfortunately, COVID put a big wrench in everyone's plans not I mean everyone in the movie industry or you know any industry and it's finally here 
So like, are you nervous? Are you ex- like, what are your feelings? Uh, I'm, I'm excited. You yeah. know, there's, there's nothing to be nervous about. I believe that the, I believe that the movie is good. And I certainly hope that people agree with me and you know, we'll, we'll see if they do, but I, I feel really good about it. No, I'm, I'm not nervous. I'm excited. I, I hope that it's going to get the reaction that both Deborah and I think that it's going to get. And obviously we want to make a movie by the fans for the fans. At the same time, I am hoping that we're going to grab a wider audience because the wider audience is what means a return and a return is what determines whether or not come November, Deborah and I can start writing a sequel. Oh, oh man. Oh, I, I was just, you know, I was going to ask that later on towards the end, but you just answered my question. I'm so I'm taking the questions. He's answering before you even yeah. say them. What's so, going on? <laughs> so there is like, an, we've been kicking around a few ideas. They're all over the map, but well, Joe, I just want to let you know, and Jimmy will appreciate this. If there is a diner scene and Oh God, he's going to tell you now, Joe, sequel. this is unbelievable. Go on. I do. I, I do have a credit in the fan film. His name was Jason, where okay. I was an extra in the diner scene. And okay. according to Jason West, who was the director and also he did lighting on your film. Yep. My scene made that movie. It was yeah. that scene yeah. that set the pace. Okay. Just- so I, uh, I just watched. I just watched that a couple of weeks ago. So now I'm gonna have to go back and watch the diner scene. And yeah, uh, don't blink or you'll miss yeah, me. Oh, okay. yeah, it's, All right, good. it's three seconds, Joel. Three All seconds. Right. And this guy is torturing me for every day of my life with this scene. Uh, he's charging me for pictures, Joel. Talking you about know, I think uh, you you will see actually a few seconds of me in Thirteen Fanboy as okay. a uh, as a police officer. Um, which is ironic because if you take a look at just for another movie as an actor, I've got my hair cut real short right now to play a soldier. And on the day that I played a police officer on 13 fanboy, I'm probably the only person that notices, but my hair was like a little bit longer. I had a little more scruff on the face and whatnot. I wasn't planning on acting that day. It just didn't work out with the actor that we had. And eventually Deborah was looking at me going, Joel, you got to, you got to do something here and help me. And the only thing I could think to do is I said, Hey, give me that shirt. <laughs> give me the shirt. I'm going in. I'm going yeah. in. <laughs> hey, listen, you're leading by example. we got to get done. Got to get done. Joe yeah. handles business, man. And let's see if he's going to handle business right now. Cause I got a little segment. I don't know if you know about this, the two minute drill. So I'm going to ask yeah. you a whole bunch of random questions and you give me the Joe Rizek answer. Sounds good. That's it. And we're going to go. It's two minutes, Brian. You got the, Watch yep. going. You set it up. All right. You ready? Yep. Yep. Three, ready. three, two, one, go. Favorite horror icon. I'm going to go with uh, Freddy. Favorite slasher. Scream. Ooh. Weapon of choice. Plain old knife. Simple, effective, horrifying. To remake or not to remake? A remake. Dark Alley in New York City. Who do you want to have you back? Got to go with Jason. Best horror personality. Horror personality. Uh, any of the Friday the 13th girls that took their tops off the lake. <laughs> <laughs> Best decade for horror. That's the 80s. Favorite psychological horror movie. Uh, man, I uh, I love the uh, the original Saw movie. 
favorite horror movie quote. Jimmy, I, I don't know, man. I, this is uh, the question that you asked me. I passed. We're going to get right okay, back. Okay, pass. Let's go. Scariest horror movie you've seen? I'm going to go with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street because I was I was a kid. It scared the heck out of me. I had to go to bed with, you know, that night without my parents at the house. Finish the line. All work and no play. Makes Joel a happy guy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite zombie flick? zombie flick would be one because uh, a buddy of mine did this called zombie apocalypse now okay universal monster of choice gotta go with a werewolf i'm from michigan <laughs> west craven or john carpenter carpenter favorite halloween every single halloween that happens here in the state of michigan i know that's not what you meant by the question but the state of Michigan has more horror, um, haunted houses than any other state combined, and we produce more low-budget horror movies than every other state combined. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. We got to tell our friend Jared Haggerty to go out to Michigan and look at the haunts. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Favorite Friday the 13th. And this will be the last the, question. The very first one. Original. Okay, gotcha. Almost, y'all. Right. I mean, you did pretty good. You got, you got a few okay. more left over, but you, okay. you handle business. All right, so I want to switch gears real quick. Jimmy mentioned some of the other hats you wear, former Golden Gloves boxer, stand-up comedian. Talk to us about some of your other hobbies. Uh, man, I yeah, I really appreciate the question. So honestly, my number one passion is as a writer, and by that I mean a writer of books. I write true adventure travel novels. I've got four of them that are available on Amazon right now. And some of the things that I do, as you as you mentioned, I used to I used to be a boxer in the Golden Gloves. I currently go to jujitsu class a few times a week. And in my books, and this is this is real, I rode a rode a bull. I wrestled an alligator. I rebuilt a car and drove in a demolition derby. I raced a kayak in the longest kayak race in the world, 340 miles across the entire state of Missouri. I drove a dog sled in a race 90 miles across the state of Michigan. Uh, I hiked across the Andes Mountains over oh, wow. through, and I, I feel like I'm forgetting a couple. I used to be a professional wrangler in Colorado. So a, wow. a Joe, you, you wear many hats. You know, <laughs> I, uh, my favorite movie that I ever made, and it's still uh, it's still in post production, but it's almost out of it. I was such a fan of Jack London when I was a kid, mm -hmm. and that would be. I had one person call me once, so I can hardly use this as a quote, but he called me the uh, the modern day 2020 Jack London. Now, oh yeah, for sure. I just I absolutely loved hearing that. So that's uh, that is really my genre, and horror is Deborah's lane. I mean, I, I enjoyed Thirteen Fanboy immensely. I can't wait to do the sequel. But you probably noticed during the two minute, you know, questions that I'm not as in tune to this uh, this world as Deborah is, which is why, too, I believe that every movie needs people to stay in their lanes. So on this movie, you know, Deborah and I conceptualized everything together. We wrote everything together. But at the end of the day, I said, hey, we're going to be 50 50 partners in everything. But she deferred to me for most business decisions. I deferred to her for most artistic decisions. I said, this is your movie, Deborah, And I really feel that way. This is her movie. When it came time to make a decision on the writing, I let her decide. When it came time to make her a decision, make a decision on set, directing or whatever, I let Deborah decide. 
Much respect, Joe. Honestly, uh, today, yeah. I mean, I had respect for you before, but now even huge. The modern day Jack London. I love it. I'm going well, with it, Joe. I don't know if I get to just call myself that, but well, uh, if, I'm, if I'm you, gonna want, you, if you want to start the rumor, Jimmy. I'm starting it. I'm spreading it. Spreading the rumor. There we go. And hey, on that one. that's how this interview started, right? We were looking for a nickname for me, so <laughs> and we and we finally found one. one. But you know what? We're gonna end it right here with ten years. Ten years from now, where is Joe rising? You know what? I hope that I'm still making films. And more importantly, to me, in all honesty, I hope that I've got another half dozen books or four books or whatever out on Amazon. Who knows what crazy adventures I might do? And then I'll write about them. And they're all written from the uh, the view of a former stand-up comedian as well. So every single one of these books, my goal is to keep you laughing on every single page. And where can the fans follow you in 13 Fanboy? Uh, 13 Fanboy has a website up now, 13fanboy.com. And if they wanted to follow me directly, I've got my own website, beyourownhollywood.com. But again, the most important thing to me, if a fan is of a mind to take a, a read outside of this horror genre and into the adventure travel genre, then jump onto uh, Amazon and take a look at uh, one of my books and see if it's for you. Uh, you heard it, folks. 13 Fanboy drops October 22nd in select theaters. And make sure you check it out for a killer experience. Thank you, Joe, once again for taking the time for us. Uh, for the South Jersey Slasher, I'm Jimmy J. I want to thank you all for tuning in and celebrating horror, not only this month in October, but 365. We're going to see you next week.